Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. of NASCAR Coast to Coast presented by Flow Racing here on the Motor Racing Network. Chris Wilner, as always, Kyle Ricky joining me from Killingly, Connecticut. And Kyle, it's stormy as heck here in the Carolinas, but it was all sunshine this past weekend out at Richmond Motor Speedway. We had the Ground Pounders, the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour. What a race, but what a comeback for Justin Bonsignor. We'll start it off right there. Yeah, uh, Justin, the obviously the defending champion of the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour, opened the season at New Smyrna Speedway with an overheating issue, finishing 31st. That would be last. So he had, uh, as he said in post-race, about seven weeks to think about being last and having to look at those standings and seeing his name at the bottom. But, uh, you know, he has a championship-winning team, and, and you know, you knew he wasn't going to stay down there long. Uh, quickly bounced back at Richmond Raceway. Uh, he and, and Tommy Catalano had a great run to the finish at the end of that race on Friday night. And uh, it was nice to see Justin back in victory lane at a track in which he DNF'd at a year ago. He had mechanical problems early on in, in the modifieds return to Richmond last fall. So he didn't have a whole lot of laps there, but uh, bounced back in a big way, claiming his first win of 2022. Yeah, absolutely, and and jumped from 32nd in points up to ninth. So, I mean, that just tells you what kind of a rebound the, the win for Justin Bonsignor had. Tommy Catalano, again, mentioned finished second. Great run for him. I think he was up front all day, and, you know, after the race, you know, you could tell he was disappointed, but also thrilled, too, just to be able to battle with Justin and, and be up front all day. And I think a win is coming for Tommy, the young 24-year-old. Certainly, uh, we won't be, we'll be hearing from him again this year. Catalanos have had so much success in modified racing and local modified racing in New York and in the upstate New York region at tracks like Lancaster Speedway. His mom races, Amy, uh, whole family is involved. It's fun to see the Catalanos roll into a racetrack and and sometimes unload, you know, two, three, sometimes four cars, it seems like. Um, but they say you have to lose one to win one or before you can win one. And uh, that might have been <laughs> that one right there at Richmond because you're right. I think uh, that first win now is only around the corner. He can almost taste victory. And But like you said, very happy with that runner-up finish. And rounding out that top five, Chuck Hosfeld, Kyle Ebersole rounded from a qualifying spin for a top five and fourth. Tyler Ripkema uh, finished in fifth. And Ryan Newman was in the field. Not a lot of people were really expecting him to run until about two days prior when some tweets were released of him testing. He didn't have the day he wanted, but kind of cool to see Ryan get back into a modified after so long. Yeah, he loves uh, modified race cars, um, has always found success in them. Uh, before the tour went to Richmond, he would always run the companion events at New Hampshire Motor Speedway. I think he ran Martinsville last year as well. Uh, so I expect to see Ryan back in the car at more events this year when uh, when time allows. Obviously not running uh, a full NASCAR schedule. So, you know, we might see him pop up at short tracks across the country. Who knows? But, uh, yeah, it was a last-minute deal. Uh, ran well early. Faded late. I believe he finished 13th, but uh, 
yeah, always good to see Ryan Newman in the field whenever the modifieds uh, roll out. Absolutely. Eric Goodale and Tommy Catalano will lead the points heading into the next race, which is quite a bit of ways from now. Actually, the modifieds are off again until May 14th, New York's Riverhead Raceway. First of three scheduled visits there in 2022. That event will be 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern on Flow Racing. You can catch it live there on May 14th. Speaking of modified, Smart Modified Tour, the name Matt Hirschman comes up again. Three for four this season. Kyle, uh, man, uh, it's like we should just call it the Matt Hirschman Modified Series, really. He's been on a roll, uh, and I, I talked to him this week. They figured something out last year. Um, they had a great amount of success a year ago at at events that that he kind of was cherry picking. Um, you know, he didn't run for points in any given series. He would just show up to big money shows, thus big money Matt, and uh, and do well. And, and he did well this past week in a rough and tumble race at South Boston Speedway. 30 cars took the green flag, 13 cautions. They had a pretty big pile up on the front straightaway that eliminated a lot of the top contenders. I believe there were nine or 10 cars that, that kind of stacked into each other. Uh, Frank Fleming, the first car to get sideways, and, and it was on from there. But Matt was ahead of it all and was able to claim win number three of the season in the first four events. Uh, they have another event coming up this weekend, uh, Franklin County. They're trying to get as many races as done possible before Bowman Gray opens in two weeks because once Bowman Gray Stadium opens, uh, that's where all the Modifieds go on Saturday night. That's when the Smart Modifieds pretty much take a good chunk of the summer off before going hot and heavy in the fall. So I'm sure, not sure if Matt is going to run for the championship yet, but if he hasn't thought about it, I'm sure he's thinking about it now. Yeah, I bet you those questions are asked all the time about Matt for sure. Caleb Hetty, Bobby Labonte, a fourth-place finish. He's hungry for a win, but he's been solving the top five, top ten for for all the season as well. Uh, but once again, this event, pretty special at South Boston, honoring Mr. Modified Ray Hendrick. Uh, pretty cool event and obviously fitting for Matt Big Money Hirschman to uh, pick up another win. And Kyle mentioned uh, the coming up on Sunday, they're back at it again. Franklin County Ra- uh, Speedway, that event live again on Flow Racing. All right, Kyle, uh, before we get to our icebreaker weekend at Thompson, one of the marquee short tracks up in the New England area, I do want to give a shout-out, though. How about Raja Carruth and Derek Griffith making their Xfinity debut at Richmond as we tie a bow on that event? Uh, didn't go as far as finishes the way they wanted to, but again, two short trackers, up-and-comers, uh, in pretty good pieces, um, showing kind of what they can do a little bit. They're competitive at times, and unfortunately just faded at the end, but pretty cool to see a couple of those rising stars you know, making it into uh, the NASCAR Top 2 Series. Yeah, and that's what we want to see, right? Um, yeah. and, and some say we haven't seen enough of it in the last decade or so, uh, especially at the cup level. And, and I think that's why a lot of folks cheer so much for a Kyle Larson from the dirt world or the last couple of years, Ryan Priest in the asphalt world. Uh, because, you know, when they're not on the national stage, they are back at their their short tracks uh, that they grew up at and they still continue to find success there. And, and we saw the same with, with Derek Griffith, who, you know, who's been running so well in the past super late models or, or pretty much any super late model seems like on the East coast over the last couple of seasons and, and Raja Karuth, you know, coming up through uh, the East series uh, first from the K and N and then Arca the last two seasons. Yeah, I wish they would have had better days, but it was just nice to see them out there gain that track time and hope we, hopefully we see more of them. In, uh, in the coming weeks. Yeah, I think actually both are scheduled at Martinsville this weekend too. So back-to-back short tracks, good opportunities for some of these youngsters to get laps uh, in the Xfinity Series. All right, 48th Annual Icebreaker Weekend. 
Well, it was half the weekend. Part two has been postponed to this coming weekend. We'll get to that in a minute. But Saturday, the past late models, DJ Shaw winning the 75 lapper, uh, kicking off a big weekend there at Thompson. And Kyle Thompson, I know you're you're a little bit biased to Stafford, which is okay. Stafford's one of the all-time greats, but Thompson's a pretty cool racetrack too. It is. And and a lot of people don't know Thompson Speedway, uh, a, a track that I started my announcing career at many moons ago. Yep. It's also the first asphalt racetrack in the country. I bet you. you know, I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. It was the first wow. uh, asphalt purpose built asphalt track in the country in, in 1940. And it's run by the same family that that built the racetrack back then. Um, the, the folks from the Pro All-Star Series and the American Canadian Tour, the current promoters. Uh, so they are in charge of events like this weekend's Icebreaker, won by DJ Shaw. It was cold. It lived up to its name. <laughs> uh, and unfortunately, on Sunday, it was wet. So the modified portion of the doubleheader will be run this Saturday. But uh, overall, uh, a great day of racing. Um, I think the hardest wreck of the weekend, unfortunately, was our guest from a week ago, the, the young Kawiki development driver, uh, Kate Ray who uh, had all sorts of mechanical issues in, in the, her first lap, went into turn number one and got the outside wall at a ton. Um, but other than that, a fairly uh, clean week or clean day, uh, I was going to say a weekend, on Saturday and a, and a great race uh, for the Pro All-Star Series. Absolutely. Jake Johnson, Andy McDonald rounded out the top three. Steven Kopchik won a barn burner, the Sunoco Modifieds. Again, so some Modifieds did run on Saturday, the Sunoco Modifieds. Photo finish with Mike Christopher Jr., and if you haven't gotten to take a look at it, uh, the replays are online. Be sure to do it because it was absolute mayhem. Back and forth, uh, kind of the crossover moves from from Christopher and as well as uh, from the winner there, um, Skopchik, but I think it was really the well the penultimate lap that really set up the barn burner there at the end, and it was really cool to see Steven get the win uh, at, at the line by a mere nose, and and that kind of tells you what kind of short track racing is up in New England. So they awfully they race hard, and they certainly put on a good show. Local modifieds always put on a good show wherever they go, whether it be at Thompson or what they're known as the SK Modifieds at the Stafford Motor Speedway. Um, Steven Kopsick, his first win at the Thompson Five Base Mile. Mike Christopher Jr., one of the, the young talents of this region. It was odd not to see Keith Rocco up there battling for the win because that has, for the most part, been his home territory the last you know several seasons. And uh, I think he finished outside of the top five, which is something that we rarely see there. That's how competitive the field at Thompson is. And I uh, can't wait to see him back there. At, I believe their next race at Thompson is in May. Rounding out the weekend, or on the Saturday portion at least, Jared Roy winning the mini stocks. G-Rod Giordano took home the pro trucks. And like we mentioned, day two is coming up this Saturday, April 9th. So the Tour Type Modifieds will have their uh, feature. 125 lapper uh, for them. The American Canadian Tour Type Late Models. SK Lights Limited Sportsman also on the docket again. That's coming up this Saturday, April 9th. So be sure to tune in for that. And we want to finish things up while there was a ton of racing. I know Nashville Fairground Speedway had their opening night it was incredible but we do want to talk about the nascar advanced auto parts weekly series down at hickory again cars tour was there already we already had some other series but uh, twin 40s which is a very unique you know we don't see a lot of twin 40 lap feature events anymore really around the country uh, besides pretty regularly at at hickory motor speedway uh miss annabeth barnes crumb picking up the race to win a fantastic job for her it's been a while since she's visited victory lane uh she won the second race after william swalich uh coming off the cars tour 
win actually uh, last weekend over one of the Quapple brothers, uh, picked up race number one. But uh, what a weekend uh, for Hickory. I mean, it's been back-to-back there from really good races. Katie Hedinger, uh, also one of the ladies in the field. Uh, I believe there were four uh, female competitors in the late model. She podiumed in both races, uh, finished second to Annabeth in race number one. So I'm not sure if we've ever seen a first and second in the late models at Hickory for for the ladies. And then she finished third in the, uh, the opening race of the night. So great car counts. And, and what's pretty cool is we've talked about, what, three events now, four, three events in the Smart Modified, the NASCAR Modified Tour and racing at Hickory all of which were on flow racing. And, and it was pretty cool to, to come home Saturday night after um, the events at Thompson, put Hickory on and, and see Annabeth back in victory lane for the first time in two years. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, the amount of content on Flow Racing is incredible. That'll certainly, uh, if you need something to binge, just go on there, watch all the race recaps. Uh, forget Netflix. Go on to Flow Racing and definitely get that done. Uh, but pretty cool for Annabeth again, uh, as we kind of tie a bow on this, that she, you know, in 2020 became just the third female ever to win a late model race at, at Hickory and now comes back uh, here in 2022 and picks up an early season win. And you know what? She is on the line, Kyle. So we're going to take a quick break. And coming right back is going to be Annabeth Barnes Crumb joining us here on NASCAR Coast to Coast presented by Flow Racing. You're watching NASCAR Coast to Coast presented by Flow Racing, the new home of NASCAR Roots. Catch the Wheel and Modified Tour, Arc Menard Series, Pinties, and NASCAR Weekly Tour Races all season long on flowracing.com. Subscribe today. And joining us now here on NASCAR Coast to Coast, presented by Flow Racing, it is the driver who picked up the win at Irwindale Speedway about a week or so ago, the 16-year-old out of Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the driver of the nine, Vegas Fastener Manufacturing Ford for Bob Brincotti Sunrise Ford Racing, Tanner Reeve. Tanner, congratulations. I know it's been like a week or two, but uh, you still riding the highs of that big win out at Irwindale? Yeah, really just focusing on uh, my uh, Prolate model stuff and working on those and getting to track to track and practicing for more arc racing and more pearly racing. And it was, it's really, uh, it was really a life changing experience. And, you know, I've had people come up to me and ask me about it and it's, it's truly probably the best day of my life to this day. I'm sure there'll be better, but <laughs> to this day is probably one of the best. I was going to, how does it get much better? You won the pole, you led every lap. I mean, it, it looked, it looks easy on paper when you look at the results, yeah, but yeah. how was it behind the wheel? I mean, I mean they're never easy. Yeah, it was just, it was a lot of, you know, hard work by the crew and, you know, walk, walking the track and checking the track and watching people, watching their lines and, you know, coming in, going back out, making sure, doing a little adjustment, sway bar here, uh, roll center there, just keep on working on it. And we uh, gave it one last run for that qualifying run and pulled out a 43-6, I think it was. And that was really cool because, you know, pull award and my mom was happy, my dad, the crew, they were all smiling. So, Set a good tone for the rest of the day. Yeah, and so then during the race, you know, you let every lap, but what kind of changes were you feeling that allowed you to kind of adapt and keep yourself out front? Because certainly, you know, like Kyle said, you made it look easy, but it's certainly not easy, you know, when you go to the race and lead every single lap. Yeah, so what's really cool about these uh, Arc Menards cars is that uh, with the tire fans and with the, the brake adjuster, they, they change a lot more throughout the race than – uh, you can do, you can do more as a driver. You can change more drive in, more drive off. And, you know, the brake adjuster feels like it does more and it just the tire fans and the front brake fans, you can get the car to, to settle down or to, you know, get that bite off. And that really was uh, a key to winning and saving, you know, getting out and then keeping that distance. You know, my spotter, David Cooley, he would, uh, 
give me each lap of my lap to the car behind me and tell me the lap car's coming up. And so throughout the entire race, I was probably driving half the percentage I was the entire time. Just so in that last half, the last 30 laps, I could go from a one and a half second gap to a three, four second gap, which I think is what we had before that last yellow. The first yellow came at lap 61, a fairly long green flag run to open the event. So by lap 61, did you pretty much know that uh, how comfortable you were behind the seat and what you had? So the car was really good at that lap 61 and, and you know, gave me a breather to drink some water and to, to let my uh, crew chief, Jeff Schrader, know what the car was doing. And I was a little tight on the entry and needed more drive off. So came in on that break and can't oh we made a tire pressure change and went back out and on that second half that first 10 laps where the car was a bit tight but after that like the first half just really good consistent car they wouldn't change from lap five to about lap 50 it was just the same and i could get a squeeze a really good lap out if i really needed it and then it came down to a late race restart so now your mind changes to okay what's coming behind me does anybody have anything i mean obviously you had the car to beat all day but what was going through your head there to make sure that you nailed that restart because you know races are won and lost oftentimes on a restart i've had it you know we've had it many times in our late model series where you know you'll be leading the entire race and that last five laps three laps eight laps on that restart you can just all go away um but really just you know kept my head cool and look forward and i had really good restarts all race except for maybe the one on the half time but even then when when we came out even uh, I was able to get through the shifts just a little bit better. Practice that a lot during practice was the restarts. And, you know, these transmissions in these cars are incredible. I mean, I, I'm like, I want one of these for my road car. These are awesome. <laughs> um, but really practice that and, you know, run ran a couple laps being held down by uh, Huddleston and came out clean on that. So I just worked, worried on my shifts. And when I came out at two and he said clear by five, I was super excited. Just ran those last three laps as hard as I could and, came out with a, about half the straightaway lead. Finished 16th at the season opener at the Phoenix Raceway a couple of weeks prior to that, a late race incident there. Did that provide you more motivation going to Irwindale? So, yeah, with that, with that, with, we only had an hour practice at Phoenix, and I, the biggest track I ran at was Kern County Speedway, uh, and that's only about a half mile, just a little bit over, I think, and so the Phoenix track was a big step up, you know, as the, any driver knows is it's the, is it's the, your brain knows it's okay. And you know, you can go that fast, but your heart tells you no. So it's always stepping up to that, stepping up gas, 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 crawling, crawling, car crawling. So by the end of the weekend, we had a top eight car, had a, you know, eighth place, seventh place running car. Um, and with my confidence up after about the halfway break, I was confident in, in getting a run and, you know, obviously that late race accident, that kind of sucks, but I, you know, I knew I had the confidence to go back to that track and run fast laps and, and learn more and to, to get more speed out of the car. So that definitely helped with the crew, you know, and, and the confidence, how the races work and all that stuff. So that was a super cool experience. And certainly post-race, it was a big deal. And, and we could tell, you know, watching live on the broadcast or those that were there at the racetrack, you know, had to pause from the interview to go climb the fence. I mean, the um, raw emotion, I think, was the coolest thing. And like I just told you off air, too, one of the best post-race celebrations, I think, early on, you know, so far this season. But you had also said that you've trained as harder than eight for anything else. You put in mo more of yourself into this than anything else. W what's the drive behind that? Because clearly, I think 
you saw the reward, you know, there on Saturday night and, and you caught kind of the emotions with it. So what motivates you and why are you putting so much into this? You know, it's, that's, that's a really good question is that, you know, I wake up in the morning, go to school, come back from school, get changed, go work it down on, in our shop. We have a little shop with our lay model team down there and I'll work it down there for three hours, whatever's going on or legend cars or whatever is going on at the time that we need to prepare for. And, come up, eat dinner and go, go do eye racing. It's like, it's like, and then what do you do on the weekend? Your friend's like, Hey, what are you doing this weekend? You're like, uh, going out to California again. Hey, that's the 10th time this month. You're like, I know <laughs> you're like racing. And it's, and it's just, it's the, it's the, the belief in yourself. You know, I've been doing this since I was like four and a half, five. And it's the, you know, I put so much work in and it's the fact that I have the ability to do it. And, you know, it's not proving everyone wrong, but it's, it is, it is the proving yourself that you know you have the ability to do it you have the drive you have the ability to to listen to learn to to really get in a new car and just and drive and that's what that's what made me so happy is i had you know friends and, and uh the crew and you know all the crew puts in work all week long you know all week long nine to five getting that car ready for you to go race so when you get that win it's just it's such a good feeling to make your family proud, your team proud, your spotter proud, your crew chief proud, team owner proud. It's, it's that's that's really what you know does it. Is that's that's a big part of it. You have mentioned you've been doing this for now over twelve years. Uh, this is the first time we've been able to have you here on this show. Kind of walk us through your career. You mentioned the late model, and I know you have found success in quarter midgets as well. What got you into it, and ultimately what allowed you to get to the point you're at today? So when I was five, it was like four and a half, actually. I, you know, there was a little pillow. I don't have it in here anymore, but it was a pillow with a stamped picture of my grandpa. And he had a sprint car old in like the 60s, 70s. That could be incorrect, but around that time of sprint car. And I was like, you know, I was growing up like, like, told my dad, I'm like, I want to race, I want to race, I want to race, you know, because he owned a custom car manufacturer business, like, a, you know, West Coast Customs sort of stuff, you know jacked up trucks and Lambos and all that stuff, building all this cool SEMA cars and SEMA trucks, you know, so automotive wise, I was like, this is cool. I'm going to race, I'm going to race, I'm going to race. So he, when he was a kid, was going to race quarter midgets, never got the opportunity to, but, uh, so he bought one and he you know, tricked it out, painted it and all that stuff that he did at his shop. And so we took it around a parking lot and there's a video on YouTube, actually. I seen it the other day. Um, it's like, if you search up Tanner, Reif and just look hard enough, you'll find me when I'm like four and a half in a parking lot, <laughs> in a abandoned parking lot doing circles in a blue quarter midget. And so it started from there and then took it to, I think the first race was either at orange show or some club race in Vegas and tried that out and had success and, you know, started winning there. And, uh, a friend of ours, uh, Rick Ankrum, father of Tyler Ankrum in the truck series right now. Uh, was like, hey, you guys need, there's a national race in New York. You guys should go to it. And we were like, that's kind of funny. You know, we just, we drive a couple hours, go down, you know, fun family thing, go drive a little go-kart around a quarter midget, around a little track. And it was like, took it more serious, took it more serious. And we started doing the national stuff. And we did, you know, well in there. And you want to always, when you do that stuff, you're like, oh, I want to get better. Oh, I want to start winning. You know, so you start winning those and that builds up to, three cars to four to five. So at one point we had, uh, uh, me and my brother had 11 cars plus a friend of ours. We had 
driving for us so 12 cars we'd tow around in a big rig and go around all these national races and when i ended up winning the 2014 USAC national championship for a junior animal and that was really cool that was really like biggest accomplishment or quarter midgets for me uh so that was super fun and then when i was 10 years old there was a series in madera junior late models and we were like but i was like that seems interesting for a full car so he went out and looked at a looked at a watch a race and met some people bought some cars and tried that out crashed it first race that was cool i mean first practice first time on track oh no <laughs> yeah yeah just stacked them in the wall you know obviously because it, it was a transition we never we didn't do we didn't do uh, we tried banners we did like a race and a half in banners that was we didn't like him because that's the whole thing and so we stepped up the late models. So we tied this 10 year old kid that's like four foot tall and like as much foam as you can get in the seat going around a, a short track racing. And so did that for a couple of years, got good at that, got a couple wins, stood up to the pro late models and started doing the pro late series and finding races and in Vegas and California, Havasu, tried some modified stuff, you know, really just, Short, you know, short track racing, West Coast and SRL, probably a model series and some super late model races. We tried uh, supers and pros and we stuck with the pros because, you know, cost effective wise, sure. uh, talent and just how it works is just, it's a really good series, really competitive, really teaches you how to drive a car and, you know, how to be competitive. So we stuck with those and got to those and, you know, the opportunity came up to run a, an arc, an arc car for a popular car racing. And, so we tried it out, did a couple practices, went well. Obviously, race Phoenix and then that last window race. So. so it's been a pretty quick progression for you. Yeah. And, and you mentioned you're in school. You're going to be a junior in high school next year. Okay. How do you bounce it all? You know, we talked to a lot of drivers on the show, too, that have kind of either, you know, left high school or graduated and now they're moving down either to North Carolina or somewhere full time. They're pursuing the racing dream, but you still you still are, are buckled down in the school program. So how do you balance it all? Uh, and, and what do your teachers think and your classmates think of all this that you're doing? So it's it it was really kind of this this whole like arc thing is really helped, you know, explain to to my teachers and my friends and like they're like they think that I'm like a bad kid that's skipping school and like not, not paying attention, but it's like, I'll miss like three days of school, come back on a different topic. You know, I went from two plus two to X equals Z and you're just super confused on the topic. You're like, so it, it's hard. Uh, you know, we try our, try our best and, you know, obviously have friends that try to help me with all that stuff. And this arc thing, it's like my teachers, you know, I talk to them about it and bring off, like bring hero cards and stuff. And they're like, so you do this, like, what is this? Like a, hot wheel thing and i'm like no it's not, it's not oh hot wheel. hot wheel all right you're gonna have to sit them down and teach them everything yeah. about hard so racing I'm like, I'm like it was really cool as i'm just now it's like kind of just like just search my name like it's it's cool it's like all this media and all this press interviews and and all really just the media it really helps explain to, to, to the people in my life and people at school you know what's going on like the social media aspect of it with instagram and facebook and all that stuff they're like oh like this is this is in flow racing they're like in the flow racing and map tv and all that stuff they're like oh this is like a real deal like you're actually you're actually a driver like this is your job this is your commitment so it helps it really helps with that but yeah uh probably he's gonna try some online schooling next year and maybe senior year too but yeah it's been a it's been a fun ride <laughs> 
Final question for you. I need to know about the the artwork or the sculpture behind you. Is that former trophies uh, kind of meshed together? So yeah, um, in the quarter midget race, and we you know we raced a lot. I mean, we'd have again, we'd have I'd have six cars. My brother had six cars, and they give a trophy for each. You know, we'd win say fifty percent, three trophies for both of us, six trophies a weekend, and we did that 30, 25 weekends of the year. That's a lot of trophies. So. What ended up happening is we took some trophies and took them apart and uh, bigger ones in the bottle, all the same coating and all the same cover and glued them together. And uh, it's a really cool piece of artwork. Actually, my mom made it for us. And it looks like uh, an eye. It it's does. Cool. Yeah. It's like Iris Horn or something, right? From a... Something like that, yeah. Love it's it. really cool. It's cool to look at. You know, it's really shiny. It's a centerpiece and old posters and road course legends and you know, just all these cool trophies and stuff that are just kind of in our little office. Yeah, area. it's like a good talking point too, right? You have people over mm-hmm. and they go, what's that? Yeah. And you can kind of open up yeah. about all the stories that are all behind those. That's really, really cool. Uh, final thing for me is, obviously, we're, we're just getting going here in 2022, but what does the rest of the season look like chasing that West Championship? Or, or are we going back doing some Supers? Like, what's your plan for the rest of the year? So we're going to do the rest of the, me and my brother are going to do the rest of the SRL Pro Late Model Series. It's just a, it's a good learning series. It's really competitive. And, you know, like I was saying, it's, it's a, it's the most cost effective for us at this current point in time uh, for, for talent and for learning and, and experiencing tracks. Plus most of the tracks are on the uh, Arco West schedule. So that's really cool. Um, that, and I, you know, stick, you know, uh, head to the grindstone and keep on working on the Arco stuff and, practicing and studying tracks and uh, videos and all that stuff and getting used to more ARCA stuff and, you know, do our best and wherever we come up, hopefully a couple more wins, hopefully some arc, uh, some road course success and, you know, traveling and just figuring it out. And I think we're going to do uh, have a couple more successes this year, but this weekend was really, really going to be really hard to beat. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, hey, best of luck to you in the rest of the season. I'm sure we're going to have you on this show plenty more times as you, you know, continue developing your career and not only hit the books because you got a little bit before the next Ar- Arca West race, but also get mm-hmm. studying on some of those racetracks coming up because uh, you're going to be learning both in the classroom and obviously on the racing yeah. side of things too. <laughs> yeah. That's super cool. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. Absolutely. That's Tanner Reif. Again, winning at Irwindale here about last week in the Arca West series. Uh, first of many, I think, to come here for that young man. We'll be right back here coming up on NASCAR Coast to Coast presented by Flow Racing. You're watching NASCAR Coast to Coast presented by Flow Racing, the new home of NASCAR Roots. Catch the Wheel and Modified Tour, Arc Menard Series, Pinties, and NASCAR Weekly Tour Races all season long on flowracing.com. Subscribe today. Joining us now from her kitchen after winning this past weekend at Hickory, it's Annabeth Barnes Crumb, and hopefully she doesn't touch her phone or else it may collapse on us here. But thanks for joining us. Congratulations on the big win over the weekend. How are things going uh, this time of day? What have you been up to? Well, thank you so much for having me. Um, we are just normal people, so we just do normal people stuff. <laughs> so, like, I picked up my stepson from school, came home. Jake is giving our daughter a bath. Like, we just do normal people stuff. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Big night for you on Saturday night at Hickory Motor Speedway, live on Flow Racing, so all the short track fans across the country could watch. Uh, just out of the top five, I think, in race one, and then taking that checkered flag in race number two. Uh, quite a moment for, for you and, and your family. 
Yeah, it was it was awesome. Um, we we actually just got a brand new car. So um, we started out the season with a brand new RNS car. They have got it going on. Marcus and all those guys at RNS, they're just killing it right now. So we came at it with a new car. And um, the first race of the season, we were kind of figuring that out. And then, so this would have been our second uh, event of the season. And we were just super fast all day long. Um, and it's, it's weird the times we're living in as far as with the tire shortage um, situation. Um, nobody's practicing on new tires, which is crazy because you used to have endless sets of tires to be able to practice on. So we're really fast in practice um, on the old tires that we had. And then fast forward to qualifying, we put some new tires on and it just completely changed everything that we had the car set up to do. So we qualified like 14th for the first race and we were like, Oh no, this is not good. And, um, we spent like the 30 minutes before that first race started changing bump springs and shocks. And we just reconfigured everything that we had been doing all day. And, um, and it worked. So we finished sixth in that first race and then we got a good invert. So we started third in the second race. And at that point we knew it was, it was ours to lose. Um, and so they were kind of in trouble. <laughs> so, um, it just worked out, man. Um, it was a really crazy start. Took it three wide going down into the first corner. It was pretty wild. And I told Jake, Jake spots for me, my husband. And, um, he didn't say anything. Like he didn't say a word. What? <laughs> until we came out of turn two and um yeah and, and about 10 laps in we took the lead and we just set sail that's so awesome so these twin 40s at hickory runs i mean they're really cool right because you can kind of learn from race one to race two or you know basically make the adjustments as you need to what were kind of things from race one that you learned about your race car uh that led to race two so um, race one, the, the car was actually really good, um, but we did adjust on it a little bit. We needed a, it to turn just a little bit better in the center. We needed to get a little bit better rotation to really where we were, where we were the best was um, on the exit of the corner. We were just killing them on exit. And so we knew if we could get a little bit better turn in the center that we were really going to kill them in the second race. So just very minor adjustments um, going into that second race. Um, whereas we took huge swings going into the first race. So we knew after the first race, we were sitting pretty good. The car was handling good, just very minor adjustments. And, um, it really all worked out. We took a really big gamble. Um, we didn't know if it was going to work or not. Uh, it was definitely a 50, 50 chance. It could have been bad, but, um, so very minimal going into that second race, but, um, it, it worked out perfectly. I would say Hickory is unique in running twin features every now and again, and uh, we're seeing it more now at short tracks across the country. How difficult is that uh, to run two events in a night? Well, you know, um, actually, I, I really enjoy that because, um, you know, you do get the opportunity if you don't knock it out of the park in the first race. You have the opportunity to, A, catch an invert because they always do an invert, um, and then B, set yourself up better for that next race, whether that's making an adjustment on the car or better track position or whatever it may be. Um, so I really enjoy that. The The part where it is difficult, especially in a point situation, is if that first race doesn't go well for you. Um, you don't get an invert, you you're, get your car tore up, whatever it may be. Um, that's when it can be a little bit more tricky. <laughs> That's when um, you might pull out the backup car from time to time. But uh, 
No, I think it's fun. I think that more tracks should do that because yeah, long races, they're cool. Like, and we, you know, they do those too, but I think there's such excitement when there's 40 laps, nobody is riding around. It's just like you're full throttle. You're just going for every single lap. And I think that's fun for me as a driver. And I think it's fun for the fans too, to watch. Absolutely. Yeah. It was absolutely fun to watch there on Flow Racing over the weekend. Uh, we were talking before the interview started, right? You haven't been on this show since you were, I think, 17 is what she said. So a lot has changed since then. I mean, being married, having kids. So does this weekend's win now, like, does winning now mean anything different than maybe before all these life changes? Yeah. I mean, definitely. I feel like, um, you know, racing has been my world like my entire life since I was a kid. And, it was almost, um, when I was younger, that was just what, like, that's just what we did. We go to the racetrack, few win, cool. But that was like always what it was just like normalcy. It was just me. Like that was what we were doing. Um, and I think the longer you do that, it can kind of lose its sparkle a little bit when that's, it's just your everyday life. Sure. But Definitely meeting, well, not meeting, I've known Jake my entire life, but marrying Jake, who also races, that added like an excitement back into racing for me, like I hadn't had. And, you know, because it, it, it switched. I don't know, he just kind of added fuel to the fire. Like we both are just um, really big personalities. So it, it, you know, livened it up a lot. But what you know, when I had my daughter Kinley in 2019, I was terrified, honestly, that my whole identity was in driving race cars. Like that was, I'm Annabeth Barnes, I'm a race car driver. And I was so terrified that that wasn't going to be who I was anymore. Um, I like pretty much went into hiding for like, (laughs) like nine months. And then I was like, surprise, I had a baby. Yeah. Um, but that's it was for that reason it was because i i didn't know what was going to come after that but i'm was really lucky i had like my whole team just supported me and my family supported me they're like whenever you're ready to race again like you're you're gonna race again and so my i raced for the first time after kinley um when she was six weeks old so we were right back at it and um since having her I am more excited and more inspired than I've ever been like behind the wheel. Um, I feel like it's just for the biggest thing for me is um, I had never seen a female have a child and continue to race. I had never seen it done. And that was terrifying for me um, because I thought, Oh, it can't be done. Um, You can't have it all. And I think that's the coolest thing for me is now I I have other friends who other female drivers um, who are my friends and especially over the last couple of days, just reaching out to me, like, like I inspire them that they don't have to be afraid to have a family and to be married and that you can still continue to do what you love. And that's the coolest thing for me because I didn't have that. So to get to show other people, Like you can do it. Like you can do whatever you want to do. And it makes it even cooler because now I have this tiny little person who is looking up to me and I'm not going to let her down. So um, I'm more excited about racing now than I've ever been. And Saturday night. Love it. 
I love it. And Saturday night was the first time you were all together in Victory Lane because I believe the last time you won uh, was, what, 2020, and nobody was allowed to go anywhere at the racetrack except for their pit area, right? Right, yeah. So um, in 2020, my husband wasn't there. The kids were not there. Um, it was very minimal. There were no fans. It was, it was really a bizarre experience and it was still awesome and it was still exciting and all those things. But this past weekend, it was just so much more special. Um, I remember they were starting to take photos and all the things like that. And my mom had Kinley up in the sands and she starts coming down and I saw her and I was like, wait a minute. And I, you know, went and grabbed her. She was so excited. Um, Jake has never gotten to see me like win in person. Um, it was just really cool. It was just all overall. Um, it's a very different experience than the experience I had in 2020, whereas no one was there. And I just had to like call them on the phone and be like, guess what? We just won. <laughs> so it was just awesome to get to like relish in that moment with my family. So going back to Jake, obviously you guys are a racing family and it's really special to share your passions with one another, right? I mean, that just makes your bond as, as a married couple stronger. But I got to imagine there has been some instance where you two are on the track together or something bad happens to one of y'all. And I mean, are are there awkward conversations? Or are there moments where like you're sleeping on the couch tonight because I'm mad at you? Like, w- like what has that been like over the last few years? Yeah, Absolutely. Um, absolutely. Which we haven't, we haven't had too much of that. We try not to. We found out early on in our marriage, which we have been married, um, six years, which is crazy to me, but early on in our marriage, we still kind of thought that that was going to be fine. Like if we write both race (laughs) together and, um, we learned very quickly that that was not going to be good for our marriage. If we wanted to stay married very long, I remember specifically one year, at Martinsville, um, we were both racing and he had, we, we were running terrible. We were just not fast. We weren't getting it. It was nothing was going our way. And then, um, we qualified, we didn't qualify very good. So I was kind of down and disappointed and Jake had qualified like third or fourth, but the front guys got disqualified. So he like inherited the pole. And I was so mad about that. Like I was like, I legit, it was at that moment that I was like, this is not going to (laughs) work. So definitely there was, um, I remember that night I was so just like salty about that, that, um, we definitely slept in separate beds and we definitely had to have someone come in the room and like moderate that conversation. (laughs) Like he was like, why can't you be happy for me? I'm like, would I be happy for anyone else? Sure. Like, yeah. But it's 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 definitely hard, but we've learned we learned early on that that's not something we're good at navigating. And so we don't we do that as least as possible. Um it's just better for the marriage overall. <laughs> you mentioned a couple of moments ago you you uh, have other lady friends that also compete in in uh in racing and at Hickory Motor Speedway the other night. I think there are four ladies in the field just in your race alone. Uh, that's pretty cool. You don't see that at a lot of racetracks in a single division to where, you know, you have four or five ladies competing. Why do you think that is down there? That's obviously, you know, a great thing. You know, um, I really can't 
speak to why it's specifically there. I know that we experienced that a lot last year, also running at like Tri-County and different places. Um, but it is, it's so cool. The first race of the season in early March, I think there were five females in the field. And I remember saying to the guys that I had never experienced that before. And it was so cool to me because it's, it really is a full circle moment. Um, because I've been racing there since I was 16 years old. And I remember when I first started, I was it. Like I was the only female, there was no one else for many years. And it was still at that time, you were still got the weird looks. It was still very different. It was still very new. And so now to go out there and there's multiple women in the field and it was a, a one, two female finish in that second race. And that is so cool for me. And I'm so happy that like young drivers coming in get to experience that. And they're not going to have to know what it was like to be the only one. Um, I think that's really, really special. And it is something kind of unique um, to the tracks that we're racing at um, here in the South. And I'm just excited about it. You know, I, I think that that's amazing. I don't know why it is that that way, but I think, I think that speaks to um, just the turning of the tides in racing in general, in the sport as a whole, that um, more females are getting in into the sport itself. And I, I think it's awesome. Um, and it was really cool having that, like that one, two finish the other night. So what about your daughter? Are you going to introduce racing? Let it happen naturally? Make her do it? Try it? What, what's that going to be like? Well, she's obsessed with it anyway. Okay. okay. Um, so she's there. It's kind of like if we're there, she's there. Like she's not somewhere else. She's not at a babysitter. She's there. And she's all about it. She's all up into it. Um, she's the older she gets, the more like she wants to know how things work. And um, she's really into like that part of it. Like she loves to stand in front of um, like the gale force and just she's mesmerized by that. Um, I think, I think if, if she comes to us and is like, I really want to do this, then of course we're going to have, like, she's going to have our full support, but it's never going to be something that we push onto her. Cause it was never something that we were pushed to do to sure. this day. My parents always had um, the attitude of like, you can do it as long as you want to do it. And, and if the moment you tell us that you're done, like you can be done. And so that's kind of how I feel. Um, my stepson Bentley, he's about to be 10 and we bought him a go-kart a couple years ago and he went out like one time and he was just like, meh, like, it's eh, okay. <laughs> Did, he didn't but get he the bug. He didn't get the bug. Nah, that's all right. He wasn't that into it. So, um, and that's fine. He plays baseball and soccer and and that's cool so it just it's whatever she wants to do if she's into it then we'll be thrilled my final question for you we're talking about ladies involved in the sport especially hickory your car owner i believe also a woman right yeah yeah that's another thing that i i just think is so unique about our program is that it's also a female-owned team so um female-owned team female driver and you definitely don't see that a lot. And that's, it's so special to me. And I think that we are able, me and Kim McCorkle, um, who owns the team, we're just so able to connect in that way. Um, and that was huge for me 
especially after having my daughter, because she was just amazing, so supportive, because she had the same ideals that I had, as far as um, this doesn't have to stop you from doing the things that you're passionate about, doing the things that you love, um, and being great at that. I so truly feel in my soul that like this is just going to be such an epic season for us. Um, and a lot of it has to do with just the, the support that we have um, and the family dynamic that we're in. Like, I just feel so strongly that when everything aligns in your life, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, like that's when you, that's your moment. And that's where I'm at right now, like where me and Jake are in our marriage with our kids with God, with our family, with our team, like everything's so aligned right now. And I think it's just about to like explode and be so awesome. That's so awesome. My final question for you, and I'm going to look back because this is the first time I've gotten a chance to talk to you. I remember watching Racing Dreams as a kid and kid, you know, I'm 30 years old, but you know, I was still a kid. (laughs) And uh, I remember because I was driving quarter midgets at the time thinking how cool it would be to, you know, have this documentary about what you're doing and but I also thought, man, the pressure must have been insane. Like, I mean, there's pressure on me just on me personally. I can't imagine having this crew around and, you know, Dwayne The Rock Johnson's producing the thing. What did that help you when you were a kid? You know, obviously you're you're trying to get your career off the ground and now you're part of this documentary. I mean, what was that experience like and, and did that really help you kind of, you know, get used to kind of that spotlight a little bit and then kind of people looking at your career? Yeah, that was, that was such an amazing experience. And I was really lucky to have that at that age. Um, But to be honest with you, I I was 11, 12 years old at the time. And I didn't realize, I didn't, I didn't realize what it was doing for me. You know what I'm saying? I was so, I was too young to really understand the weight of it. And now I think the biggest thing that that has done for me and in my life and in my career um, was just getting me used to talking to people Um, that we would sit for hours. And I mean, hours and just talk like you're just talking to a camera for hours and hours and hours. And then after the film came out, we like toured the country basically um, all together and just talking to people and doing interviews and I think that was the greatest thing for me in that time of my life. Um, I don't think I would be the speaker that I am today or the person that I am today, but it was an, it was enormous amount of pressure um, in the moment. But I definitely don't think that I, in that moment, understood the weight of it like I do now I can't imagine I can't imagine what that must have been like for my parents yeah. <laughs> you know now that I have kids like I can't imagine what that must have been like for them but it was for sure it almost feels like um like uh, imposter syndrome is that a thing that's how yeah. when people talk to me about racing dreams um that's how I feel is that it was kind of a a lifetime ago and like a whole nother, (laughs) like a whole nother person did that. Like I'm like, Oh, that was me. (laughs) That's awesome. What's next for you? Uh, I think uh, what 75 lapper this week at Hickory. Is that uh, what I saw on the schedule? Yeah, we're going to we're going to go win again at Hickory Motor Speedway this weekend. We got got a guarantee right here on coast to coast. We got a guarantee. 
yeah we're so so (laughs) there's kenley yeah yeah so um yeah that's the plan for this weekend and honestly we're so touch and go with our schedule like i don't even you know we don't know where we're gonna be from week to week but we're definitely gonna go and spank them again at hickory this weekend yeah I yeah. love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Seriously, it was a pleasure talking to you. Uh, looking forward to catching up with you hopefully later on this season. Good luck this weekend, too. We'll be watching on that 75 lapper. Yes, thank you so much. We're so excited and hope we're going to be in victory lane again. Awesome. Thanks, Kenley, for joining us. Hopefully bat time was good for Bye. you. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, awesome stuff. That's Annabeth Barnes-Crum joining us here once again on Coast to Coast, picking up the win at Hickory this past weekend, going out for another one here this weekend. We'll be right back here on NASCAR Coast to Coast, presented by Flow Racing. You're watching NASCAR Coast to Coast, presented by Flow Racing, the new home of NASCAR Roots. Catch the Wheel and Modified Tour, Arc Menard Series, Pinties, and NASCAR Weekly Tour Races all season long on flowracing.com. Subscribe today. And welcome back into NASCAR Coast to Coast, presented by Flow Racing. Kyle, those pretty spectacular interviews we had with a couple incredible drivers. and uh, But it's always good to visit Annabeth. You said you hadn't seen her in, what, almost 10 years? So that's pretty cool to have her back on the show. It's been a while. Uh, it's right after that documentary came out, I yeah. think about two, two or three years, maybe a little more than that, after it came out, when she really started running uh, late models at Hickory Motor Speedway. We had her in studio uh, several years ago, I believe the first or second season of NASCAR Coast to Coast. So it was good to see her. That's what I like about this show. Um, we're, be, we're able to talk to these personalities that a lot of folks aren't able to see week in and week out at a lot of these short tracks across the country because they're out there. They're out there by the dozens at, at every short track across the country, at least the dozens. And and it's pretty cool to be able to spotlight many of those uh, over the course of a season here on NASCAR Coast to Coast. Yeah, absolutely. So keep an eye on on both Annabeth and and, and Tanner uh, for uh, what they have coming up here later this year. All right. Speaking of personalities, uh, we talk uh, SRX, which is still you know a couple months away out in June. But uh, some of the racetracks are offering their hometown heroes, their short track aces, to race against some of the best of SRX. And the latest one was just announced with Peyton Sellers. South Boston's going to be hit the representative for their hometown hero event uh, when SRX visits on June 15th. Peyton, a multi multi time track champion out there at South Boston, uh, six times in fact, and a pretty cool nod for him uh, to get to go race against the likes of Elio. Castro Nevis and Paul Tracy and the like. If you have to pick one at South Boston Speedway, yeah. Peyton would probably be the one. Uh, like you mentioned, you mentioned his accolades a moment ago, all those championship, all those championships, that is, all of those wins. Uh, didn't necessarily surprise me when they made that announcement midweek last week that uh, he was he was going to represent South Boston Speedway locals at SRX there uh, in a couple of months' time. Now, meanwhile, our hometown entries for Nashville, I think, Stafford, Five Flags, I-55, yet to be announced. Nashville, folks, for those of you tuned into the show, you can actually vote yourself. They're offering a fan vote. They have six finalists. I know Bubba Pollard's one of them. Um, you can go on there and cast your vote who you think should represent uh, their hometown uh, heroes in the SRX event at Nashville. Uh, Stafford is part of the Spring Sizzler. Whoever wins that gets in. Uh, I know coming up actually this weekend at Five Flags is going to be the Pepper Jack Twin 100s. The best average finisher from those both of those races, excuse me, will be uh, the driver to represent them as well. I-55, I'm not sure what they're doing. Uh, maybe announced TBD, so we'll keep an eye on that. 
you mentioned Nashville a moment ago. The fan vote is open. And I tell you what, we talked about her uh, last week, Brittany Zamora. Yeah. Uh, She is all over social media. (laughs) I'll be surprised if uh, if she doesn't get it, because every time I I log in uh, Facebook or Instagram, there's a hey, the link's right here. Click on it and please vote for me. Uh, I'd love to participate. And uh, she has a you know, they all have intro videos. Um, but when it comes to getting the word out there, she's done a great job. Kind of reminds me of like class president in high school, like campaigning yeah. for votes. It's kind of cool. Exactly. exactly. All right. Were you a class president? No, I was not. Uh, didn't want to even try. I was not popular and nobody liked me in high school, but that's besides the point. All right. Uh, so once again, the SRX series does open Friday, June 18th at Five Flags. So pretty exciting for that. All right. NASCAR Home Tracks, by the way, this is a pretty cool initiative. And I think Stafford may be on the list. We'll have to double check. But 21 of the NASCAR sanctioned short tracks around the country are eligible to be voted on for which track you think is the best. The winner, $50,000. A check from Advanced Auto Parts goes to help uh, revitalize, add improvements, make adjustments to your racetrack, uh, and and really it's a reward for being named as the fan favorite of, of short tracks. And last year it was Berlin Raceway out in Michigan, our own Jeff Striegel, uh, pre- a part of that, and um, pretty cool to see him win that inaugural uh, $50,000. So we'll see who's going to win uh, this year. And again, he used his platform yeah. on the Motor Racing Network and campaigns <laughs> Uh, early and often, and that's what you have to do. And there's a lot of great short tracks out there that sure. that could really use that money, uh, whether it's improvements to you know little things, the sound system, the the lighting, the grandstands, uh, amenities in the pits for the competitors. Um, it's amazing how far fifty thousand dollars can go for some of these short tracks. And uh, you know, I think every one of them out there could could use it for something. And uh, yeah, it was it was fun to see Jeff um, get that a year ago. Uh, I believe it was Ryan Blaney that called uh, Jeff and in and in, in, in announced to him that he had won. So uh, look forward to seeing who gets the money this year. Second place does get fifteen thousand. Third gets ten, but every little bit helps. So if you can be a podium uh, finalist, that would be fantastic. Again, voting uh, the first round begins on May six, so you still have a little bit, and that can all be done. Uh, at advancemytrack.com. Second round is the 9th through the 13th of the top six of the 21 uh, that get voted through. So we'll stay tuned to that. All right, Kyle, we're going to tie things up here on NASCAR Coast to Coast. A lot of action coming up this weekend. Uh, first thing that comes to mind is the twin uh, Pepper Jack 100s coming up at Five Flags Speedway. The best average finisher of those two gets a ride at the SRX Series. Yeah, uh, big night for them. It's an event that uh, the track has been talking about now for for couple months uh, ever since that they were announced on the SRX schedule and this is how they were going to get their local competitor healthy entry list a lot of big names I think all the big names that we expect to be down there so everyone wants a shot at that SRX ride so I look forward to seeing uh, who gets that spot this weekend and then in a couple of weeks time we'll know the Stafford regular as that entry list continues to grow for the 50th Spring Sizzler. In fact, a driver we had on a couple of months ago, Matt Hirschman, and you mentioned Bobby Labonte earlier, both yep. have entered for that event. I wonder what happens if Labonte wins, because he's already an SRX driver. Ooh. <laughs> Is there... there that- you better ask the folks up at Stafford uh, what the contingency plan is. Because, I mean, barring – I mean, uh, it's not exactly a, a, a miracle situation. He could win the thing. We we, we don't know. So, uh, 
yeah, smart modified tours are, are, are back on this week, and we mentioned, again, it's Hirschman versus Caleb Hetty. Again, that battle is going to be all season long. Uh, obviously, Matt coming off a big win this past weekend. They're at Franklin County Speedway in Virginia. Uh, that's going to be exciting as well. Again, all on Flow Racing, so check that out for sure. Uh, Arca Sierra Super Series presented by Jegs at Anderson Speedway in Indiana. I had a chance to race it, actually, in Anderson way back in the day. Uh, that's up on Saturday, 125 laps, super late model event. Uh, some of the top Midwest super late model racers are, are signed in. And, you know, we talk about the West Coast, the New England, but the, the South, the South, Southeastern. Midwest is coming on strong with some late models, too. They are led by like a Ty Majeski. Uh, yeah. You know, he's going to put, put that region of the country on, on the map. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a great event this weekend for ARCA CRA. Other tracks opening up Langley Speedway, uh, their first NASCAR Advanced Auto Parts Weekly Series event this week featuring. Uh, they're late model stock cars. Irwindale back in action out on the left coast uh, with twin late model features on Saturday night. And uh, recently announced, uh, they're not opening this weekend, but Alaska Raceway Park. We talked about it during one of the breaks a moment ago. They're part of the Flow Racing program for when they do open uh, in a couple of weeks' time. Saturday, May 14th, their opening event. So uh, add to your Flow Racing schedule, uh, Alaska Raceway Park when whenever they are on the racetrack. Yeah, running pro late models, and, and I mentioned it to Kyle, if you haven't seen it, and obviously Alaska's hard to get to sometimes, but you know what? It is the only sanctioned NASCAR track in the state, and it is absolutely beautiful. It has one of the best backgrounds, I think, of all racetracks uh, in North America, just the mountains and the landscape around it. Uh, pretty cool. So if you haven't checked it out, it's worth even go check out their opening race uh, when they do open. Cars Tour Late Model Stocks Pro Late Models uh, are at Greenville Pickens Speedway this weekend. So Cars Tour is rolling right along through their season with the Purrier Tank Lines 225. Again, the Quapple Brothers lead both. Caden leads uh, the Pro, uh, Pro Late Models, I believe, and Carson leads the, the Super Lates or Late Model Stocks, Regular excuse me. Yeah, yeah. and that's all on Cars Tour TV. Uh, the only other thing I have is they live for five, race one of the Icebreaker 100, so two Icebreakers this weekend. The Icebreaker 100 at Dell's Raceway Park for the Super Late Models. Derek Krause putting in an entry, so he's going to go from Martinsville in the Truck Series out to Dell's uh, to try to tackle the uh, Super Late Model. And Berlin Raceway, we talked about Jeff Striegel yep. a moment ago, they have an Icebreaker coming up in a few weeks as well. So a lot of Icebreakers. <laughs> well, I'll be back at Thompson this uh, Saturday for part two of our icebreaker for the, the tour type modified. So a lot of racing uh, this weekend from, from literally coast to coast. Yeah. And not to mention a local track near you. So get on, get online, look at where your nearest local track is. It could be right around the corner and you may not even know it. Go check it out and uh, support uh, grassroots racing as it's some of the best out there for sure. Kyle, uh, weekend plans coming up or are you just locked into flow? I'm at Thompson on Saturday okay. uh, for, for the makeup. And then um, I guess what Thursday, Friday, Saturday night, uh, I'll be tuned into the Motor Racing Network and our live coverage of trucks, Xfinity, and cup racing from another one of the great short tracks in the sport, the Martinsville Speedway in Virginia. Sunday, I have no – oh, you know what? The local go-kart track opens on Sunday, so Boom. I'll be down there. I'll be down there. Kyle, no rest for the wicked for you, for sure. And obviously, yes, tune in to uh, Motor Racing Network coverage from Martinsville Speedway as well. Like Kyle mentioned, a short track, and it may be NASCAR trucks and Xfinity and Cup, but you know what? They drive just like some of these super late models sometimes, too. So using the chrome horn, uh, definitely when needed. For Kyle Ricky, I'm Chris Wilner. Appreciate you guys tuning in again to NASCAR Coast Coast presented by Flow Racing. We'll see you next week. If you enjoyed this episode of NASCAR Coast to Coast, be sure to subscribe to Flow Racing, the new home of NASCAR Roots, where you can catch the Wheel and Modified Tour, the Arc Menard Series, Pinties, and NASCAR Weekly Tour Races 
all season long on flowracing.com. Subscribe today. For sure. Thank you. That now was get, super now cool. get that Thanks homework done, me. all right? Uh, I got to go work down in the shop. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, priorities. No, I like that. Never I realized today I was halfway through school and I was welding in this shirt and it has holes from welding. <laughs> nice. I was going through like, what's wrong with your shirt? And I was like, oh. Putting in work. Right. Yeah, right?